And he cried with a loud voice, as when a lion roareth. And when he cried, seven thunders uttered their voice. Converting earthly language into thrust. As you kneel before Azawa, Legend of Zelda's turned to dust. Podcasting from the future like your time was dead and gone. And we rock the best site like ComicsOnline.com. Level 12 cybernetics, vibranium power acts. You communicate with snail mail while we wireless adapt. We are more than easy eyes. We descend to blow your spot. You're a copy of better tech like your name was GoBox. You hoping for iTunes, but little noob, you in the danger zone. We're all the best leaders like Sepenter on his throne. Written by Stan the Man, don't you ever try to serve thee. New guys of this book like we were drawn by Jack Kirby. Hunger like Sinistar, consumer culture, then Galactus. Final Fantasy domination with our super geeky tactics. From the days of Marconi to Buffalo Loud in Best City. You can hear us on every radio, Soviet and Vice City. From leaving tall builders to going off like gamma bombs. Switch your internet browser to comicsonline.com. Spoiler alert, you're listening to the Comics Online Podcast, Season 16, Episode 5. This was recorded October the 27th, 2015. This episode, Troy, David, Mike, Megan, and our guest, Angelo, are recorded by Mark Lutz at the Bungalow Ale House in Woodbridge, Virginia. Topics include Star Trek, Star Wars, uh, Harry Potter, uh, just to name a few, but we're also talking comics, TV, games, and everything in geek pop culture. So let's go ahead and get started with uh, episode five. Welcome to the Comics Online Podcast. This is October 26th. 26th? Oh, 27th. October the 27th. Uh, Yeah. 16, this is episode... Something or another. uh, Five. Episode five. Episode five. Episode five, The Empire Strikes Back. Ah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, if I sound a little odd, I'm just finishing off an awesome milkshake, and, uh, you know, I've still got a little milkshake going on here. And his milkshake does bring all the boys to the yard. And damn right, it's better than yours. Damn right. (laughs) Man, this thing is so thick, I can't get it all up the straw. That's what she said. I want that audio clip later, okay? It's so thick, yeah. I'm just going to loop it and make a song out of it. No. It's going to be sick. I want to auto-tune it and create like one of those huge like YouTube videos and we'll make it go it's viral. So thick, I can't You're not supposed to hear it through there, you dipshit. <laughs> He's trying to do that Fuck thing you. like they did in we, we Are the World. You plug it, we are the world. Like, By so the way, for hear. those of you who are listening right now, I'm talking to a guest that we have today, Angelo. Angelo Rue. And he was making faces and stuff, and I didn't like it. I couldn't hear them through the microphone. Yeah, well, and Mike was dancing a second ago, but you can't hear that through the microphone either. No, we keep doing this visual stuff on these audio podcasts, man. It's really bad. What do you mean, we? Well, last week we – oh, that's right. They don't know because whoever's listening to this hasn't heard yet. Um, The last podcast we did together. It wasn't everybody. I had Troy. Right, right, right. On uh, GGR, which is the Great Geek Refuge. Hey, by the way, while we're doing this, let's introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Mike Lunsford. I'm the editor-in-chief of GGR. That stands for the Great Geek Refuge. Uh, we are on Comics Online right now. This is the Comics Online podcast. Kevin, our fearless leader, unfortunately, could not be here today, so I'm kind of filling in a little bit. We know Troy knows the ropes. Troy's got this under control. He's a, he's a veteran. He's the, the, the crafty leader who's going to take us through this episode today. I have earned my stripes. Yes, indeed, you have. Mm-hmm. All right, so, man, that was incredibly awesome. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, here at the Bungalow Ale House in Woodbridge, Virginia. Uh, They don't actually pay us to do this, but I'm going to shout them out. The food is incredible. The service is wonderful. It's a great place. They're uh, about to drop a new menu. It's going to be pretty awesome. They've got some pretty good-looking stuff on it. So, uh, yeah. Oh, hey, Jazzy Jazz. Are are you done eating? I mean, like, I didn't want to shout you out while you were putting food in your mouth, you know. Uh, what, what did you have? Turkey burger. Is that rice? Ah, turkey burger and uh, so, so rice instead of fries? All right. So you heard that, ladies and gentlemen? They got a turkey burger. It's pretty awesome. You can get rice instead of fries. This is pretty incredible. Variety is the spice of life. You uh, don't have to just be burgers and fries. You can do their risotto. I did their spinach risotto. Very delicious. Uh, wasn't it, though? It was, indeed. Chicken Parmesan sandwich on point every single time. 
You're getting rid of the chicken parmesan sandwich. Why? Shut the front door. Oh, man. That's, that, 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 that's a terrible error in judgment. If anybody who is uh, in upper management at the Bungalow Oil House is listening to this, save the chick parmesan, please. Don't get rid of it. I think anybody it's an awesome in sandwich. I've had it a bunch of times, be. and I would like to continue to do so. Uh, John, make that happen. <clears throat> All right. We're going to see some results now. And he's accepted it. That's so sad. Don't you remember back in the 90s when Cowboys fans were cocky and arrogant and a pain in the ass? He wasn't born in the 90s. Oh. <laughs> what was it like to not know what the 20th century was about? <laughs> in a time right now ladies and gentlemen where it is either we are coming up on lots and lots of good things like i i really want to talk about star wars because we are about about two months now actually about a month and a half out from star wars episode seven the force awakens they've put a trailer out yeah the trailer looks amazing yeah we, we, you got to watch that last week Troy. i did uh, there are rumors all over the place because luke skywalker is nowhere to be seen on the poster nowhere to be seen in the trailer where is Luke Skywalker? I'm, I'm psyched for this. This is the most excited I've been about a movie in, in years. I, I would love to go around for all, for all, all, of, our, all of our Star Wars fans. Our, our waiter just took a sip of one of our drinks. It was interesting. Oh, he didn't. Oh, he didn't take a sip. I thought he did. Uh, yeah, no, that, that, that didn't happen. Never that happened. Happen. Never happened. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, where were you? Five minutes ago, I was shouting out your restaurant to all, all of our listeners. I was saying good things about you, and, and you were nowhere to be seen. The hell, man? Try to keep up. Try to keep up. Swayze, can you help this guy? I can help. Oh, please do. All Jeez. this free advertising. Jeez. All this free advertising for the Bungalow Ale House in Woodbridge, Virginia, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> cheap pop. Pa-pow. I feel like Mick Foley. <laughs> <laughs> while, we're doing, while we're doing cheap pops here, let's do another cheap pop for... Uh, for flashback comics and games. Oh, and the reason yes, why I brought up Star Wars The Force Awakens uh-huh. is because your store is overflowing with comic books about Star Wars that either lead up to or tell the backstory from uh, the original uh, trilogy. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, so the main Star Wars comic and Darth Vader, uh, the two ongoing books, have been following after you know the, the end of A New Hope and going forward. Uh, we're about to see a convergence or a crossover, if you will, uh, in the Darth Vader and Star Wars title. It's called Vader Down. Uh, that's coming up next month. Uh, so we'll issue 11 of Star Wars and then 12 of Star Wars and Darth Vader. And then Vader Down, the one shot, and issue 13 of Vader, 13 of Star Wars. And that's where the crossover really gets going. Okay. Um, the Princess Leia series is over and done. It was five issues. Mark Wade, uh, the Dodsons, excellent stuff. But we're still not quite done with uh, Lando Calrissian. Which Chewbacca is incredible. Just oh, yeah. Lando is, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Lando was never my favorite character during the trilogy. Well, but sure. this series is fantastic. It is. It is. It yes, really is. Really, definitely worth picking up. Uh, Alex Maleev art, you know, can't say enough good stuff about that. It's it's one more of the fantastic examples Marvel has done with Star Wars where they have concentrated really good talent on each book. Yeah. So story content-wise, you're getting you know a great writer like Mark Wade, like uh, Jason Aaron, like Kieran Gillen, uh, you know Jerry Dugan, who's known for Deadpool, funny guy, and he's handling Chewbacca. And I think that's part of why the humor in Chewbacca works so well. I'm just, I'm curious. I haven't gotten a chance to read the Chewbacca one yet. Oh, But is it like, I almost picture it like, um, they they made a joke about about, uh, Game of Thrones where they were going to do a book uh, about Hodor. And it was just Hodor, Hodor, Hodor. Is Chewbacca... (laughs) Can we please... Please, 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 please. I'm not a Star Wars person, so if I can have Hodor just going, Hodor, Hodor. If we like, can get, is so the happy. Chewbacca book, like, is all the dialogue like, well, there are actually, there, there are several support characters oh, okay. who right. speak and exposit, so we, you can figure out what's going on pretty quickly. Um, when Chewbacca is talking to any of the main characters, obviously, he speaks and snarls and roars and growls and rumbles. Uh, and... The, the young girl he's talking to doesn't understand him, but he understands her. She says some things, and 
it, they, they have a dialogue one-sided, but uh, read it for yourself. Okay. But you're going to like it. You're gonna, okay. And, and you can share it with your kid. It's young reader friendly. Nice. Okay. It's a good thing you're saying that because me as a reader, I was uh, talking to you actually and uh, saying that I wouldn't want to pick it up just because of the fact that it's just going to be like he's gargling all day. So I'm glad you explained that, and I may even pick it up. Uh, I, I think you should. I think you should. I, I, I could drop one in your box. You need one of the variants? Sure, uh, the, why the, not? The one in 25, maybe? The one in 50? Absolutely, uh, Troy. Yeah, okay. sure. No, okay. no. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll take always, always the upsell. Always the salesman. Uh, yeah, you, you need variants too, right, Mike? Oh, well, obviously, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll hook you up there. <laughs> I'll hook you up. Let's talk about that real quick since we didn't get to do the top five this week. Oh, right, um, right. Tell, I, I mean, we talk about it every single time, but I, I want to remind folks why – Flashback comics and games, if it's not already their store, why it needs to be their store. Talk about the special you give them if they sign up for a box. Well, the subscription service uh, gives you, uh, one, for your new books, you get uh, 25% off. Uh, But that 25% discount also goes to your supplies. So bags, boards, boxes, dividers, mylars, top loaders, whatever it is that you use to protect your comics. Uh, And, you know, we could do multiple layers of protection. For your regular standard, you know, your bags and boards are fine. You know, we, we get the poly, uh, polypropylene uh, with the acid-free treated boards. But if you have vintage comics, you know, old Silver Age stuff, 12-cent Marvels, 12-cent DCs, you might want to go Mylar. And I carry the 2-mil and the 4-mil Mylars. Uh, long boxes, short boxes, the stackable shells so you could stack your boxes, which makes the organizing a whole lot easier. From a guy who's got 110 long boxes in his personal collection, those shelf boxes make everything so much easier. So, even, so whether you're a new collector, whether you're an old collector, come to Flashback Comics and Games. We can get you started. We can get you protected. Whatever you need, we got it for you. And if you've missed out on uh, regular issues, uh, we'd also keep the trade paperbacks in stock. And, uh, you know, like Image does a really good job of keeping their trade paperbacks in, uh, in production, in print. Uh, and you get the 25% off on your trade paperbacks and uh, hardcovers, too. Um, you could always go through the Diamond Preview Catalog and pre-order stuff. Let me know what you're looking for, and I can get it in the initial orders and kick that out there. i got to tell people, those preview orders are three months in advance. So the thing to do is to let me know sooner and not later. Don't wait until two weeks before it's coming out because I had to make that order three months ago. The faster you tell me, the faster I can ensure you get it. You mean to say you can't work immediately for that? Uh, well, you can put the order in, but that doesn't make it come any faster. Wow. <laughs> you got to be on your game, is what he's saying. So, Megan, we, Megan, we keep interrupting you. I know you got something important here. You keep pointing oh, no, your nose. No, 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 no. That thing I already <laughs> forgot. Mark, already forgot Mark ruined that. Oh, it's gone. Um, okay. Yeah, we're going to we blame were, Mark for that We were throwing sugar packets at each other. Um, that was sweet and low. Oh, it was sweet and low. I'm sorry. Be precise. Um, I was going to say, also, <laughs> along with the 25%, you did say it was for new books. It's for listeners to know, it's not just, like, your subscription books. It's also any of the new books on the wall. So you can pick up other series and try them as well and continue to get the discount. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, absolutely. And, you know, we carry a variety, you know, not just, uh, you know, the mainline Marvels and DCs, uh, but also, uh, you know, Vertigo, which is a DC imprint. <clears throat> Image, Dark Horse, Boom, Action Labs, Action Labs Black Mask, Oni Press, um, Avatar. Archie, Avatar. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like to have a wide selection represented on the walls. I like for people to be able to see lots of different things. Um, <clears throat> ask me about, you know, what I'm reading this month, you know, this year, what, what books are getting us excited at the store. Um, and, you know, happily, you know, I'll, I'll chat you up all day long about what's good. All right. Now, we had... This all started with uh, Star Wars. Yep. Kind of just trying to gauge the temperature of everybody here. I mean, are, are, is everybody as excited as, as I am about this movie? I, I'm, I'll, I'll just start off so that I can back off the mic and finish my milkshake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't stop talking about that milkshake. Man, really. Um, <clears throat> I'm excited about the movie. I don't know that I am opening day excited. Yeah. I, I might be willing to wait back off a little bit and let the I, crowds yeah. die down. Yeah. But I know that I'm going to see this movie multiple times in the theater. Yeah. That's, it, I may not go back and back the same day, but I'm going to go more than once before the, the initial run is done. Megan, as a, not a, I wouldn't say a big fan, but a passive Star Wars fan, is this a movie that you're going to make a point to see? Could uh, you just not care less? I couldn't care less, but 
I do plan on still seeing it because even though I am not a fan of the franchise itself, I'm one of those, I'm really weird. I love like prop making and things like that. I can watch any like two, three hour long documentary about how they made this stuff, how everything yeah. is put together. So for me, I want to see how everything works. Well, and this movie is like right in your wheelhouse then because there's, there's the vehicles, there's yeah. the makeup, there's the robots, there's everything. There's so, there's so much going on with this. Yeah, so, so I'd be fine with that aspect of it. Yeah. yeah. It, Plus it's Disney. <clears throat> you, you've, at, at some point, you really do need to go back to the 1977 Star Wars, which is colloquially known now as Episode Four, with the understanding that all of those ships, those models didn't exist. The special effects makers took existing models oh, yeah. and recut them and kitbashed them to custom make oh, yeah, no, I know everything. I know exactly the what you're sounds, talking about. sounds, they, they went out of their way to find new sounds because the sounds, you know, if, if the sound they wanted didn't exist, they made it. Yeah, and kind of tie that with what we were talking about last week when we did um, on the GGR, on Mike on the Mic. Uh, check it out on iTunes, by the way. Um, we were talking about He's actually sitting on a microphone. True story. Mike physically on the mic. <laughs> um, we, were, we were talking about how the scores of uh, Empire Strikes Back fit Darth Vader, but it was a brand new character. Yeah. It was a brand new character, brand new music, <laughs> and it's tied to that character. It's just like you, when you were mentioning with the sound effects. and Everything was new. Um, it's, it's interesting because we're kind of getting an aspect of that with the new series now, too. We're going to have new characters. We're going to have new locales. Everything's a little bit different, but still somewhat familiar. Well, definitely there's an air of recognizability. But I think, too, that air of recognizability, we're, we're going to find ourselves on some shaky ground, some new unbroken ground, because we are going so much farther forward in time. I mean, you, you figure the end of Return, I'm sorry, Revenge of the Sith, that ends with the birth of Luke Skywalker. The next time we see Luke Skywalker, he's already 20 years old. So that's a 20-year gap. This time, the gap is 30 years Longer than we've had to sit through before. So uh, is it thirty years after the? I, I believe that the what they said was uh, okay. it's thirty years after. Well, and okay. that's something they make really clear too. Is and it's interesting that you brought that up. Is that it's not the fall of the empire. The Death Star is destroyed. The Emperor is dead. Vader is dead. The Would, Imperial wouldn't fleet that be, is in ruins. Wouldn't that be recognized as the fall of the Empire? <laughs> but it's not. The Empire is still intact. Okay, yeah. I understand. Well, yeah. not not intact. I would assume that well, they're very intact. balkanized. It's, yeah. If, if I could say that without being you know, politically offensive. Um, <clears throat> because remember uh, in episode four, when uh, Peter Cushing, as Grand Moff Tarkin, Governor Tarkin, comes walking wow. into the Death Star staff meeting, and he says, the Emperor has dissolved the Senate. The last vestiges of the Old Republic have been swept away. And when General Taggy says, well, how will, you know, we, how will we make control without the bureaucracy? He says, Imperial governors have been given control over their systems. Oh, direct okay. control. So with the death of the Emperor, I imagine that there's 50 governors in the Empire going, oh, I'm next in line. Hail Hydra. Yeah. Cut off one head and 50. And two more shall yeah. take its place. Yeah. <laughs> but those governors will have their own fleets of Star Destroyers, their own legions of stormtroopers. So they will have a way to basically become regional crime bosses yep. of their various star and systems. And they call this new evil faction. It's the First Order is what they're called in the new Star Wars movie. From the novels, correct? Yeah. Well, no, actually, well, yes and no. They took all the old novels and they basically just, like, threw them in a big pile and lit them on fire. They were like, all that <laughs> stuff that happened before, all that uh, extended universe stuff doesn't exist. They went through and they cleaned up the canon. They were like, here's what exists. Here's what doesn't. Once Disney took over, mm. Disney just cleaned house. And they were like, here's the stuff that's real. Here's the stuff that's not. And they've actually been doing books. And yes. they're doing comic book series. Right. All the comic book series are licensed Star Wars canon. Yeah. So if so, you want to catch up on the stuff, again, a tag for uh, or a cheap plug for uh, flashback comics and games, that's the place to go. Uh, now, it might be that we don't see those comics made into films. I mean, certainly at this point, Mark Hamill is a little too old to reprise his Luke Skywalker role. So anything that comes at the end of Episode 4... CGI, baby. You know... <laughs> Well, I guess we could go that route, but yeah. hey. And that's, and that's something I wanted to kind of touch on, too, here real quick, is being such a Star Wars fan and growing up with Luke Skywalker, essentially. That was the hero that I saw, because I grew up right when, these, when the Star Wars uh, trilogy came out. So hearing these rumors, the rumors right now, like if you guys haven't heard, it's, it's one of like five different rumors. The, the, the two pre prevalent ones are, one, that Kylo Ren is actually, in fact, Luke Skywalker. Okay. He's gone dark. Yes. He's gone Sith or whatever you want to call it, even though 
whatever. Uh, this is a geek pop- podcast. I can go as geeky as I want. I don't have to be ashamed of it. Um, yes, you do. So Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren, the title Ren is not Sith. He's not a, he's not a Sith. It's not like Darth Vader. Darth was the Sith title. Right, right. Ren is a title, but it's the Knights of Ren. They're not Sith. They're completely different. So sure. It's, it's, they haven't really explained exactly what they are. We know that they're not good, obviously. He's carrying around a red lightsaber and carrying around Vader's old mask, so we know he's not a good guy. But we don't know exactly what he is. Say what now? I love the insight. I love listening to this. It's, it's awesome. I've, I've, oh, I love the insight. It's awesome. Well, I mean, I love hearing this. People who know more about the series and the uh, storyline than I do, just listening to it and learning, it just gets me more excited to see the film. Yeah. It's, I, I find it kind of morbid that Luke would have kept the mask after putting his putting Darth Vader's body on the on the funeral pyre and lighting it on fire. Well, well he wanted a souvenir, you know? Well, there, there are rumors He that had his father's... Well, I guess he didn't have his father's lightsaber anymore because no. when Daddy cut his hand off an Empire, he dropped it down a shaft. <laughs> oh, we gave him the shaft all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's, it is something. You don't see Luke Skywalker in the... Uh, uh, previews at all, yeah. and uh, you know, I read a lot of stuff that said he was going to be Mark Hamill was going to be in the film. Oh, he's definitely going to be in it, but you just don't know, as you say, what capacity he's going to be in. You there. ready and for the second theory? Oh, absolutely! Hit the me. second theory, and this is my personal. Not favorite. This is the one that I'm like pumped up for. I'm hoping for. Into the microphone, Mike. Into the mic. Here we go, Mike. Right. Into the mic. All right. So, second theory. The reason why we don't see him is because, like Yoda, like Obi Wan, he is in exile. He feels an imbalance in the Force. He doesn't know what the hell is going on. He goes off somewhere to do his Jedi thing, meditate, whatever the fuck they do. <laughs> Shit starts going down. Cuss on all of a sudden, yeah, this is a blue podcast, man. We can curse all we want. It's great. I love it. Hey, hey we're talking about Star Wars. I think we should maintain the Star Wars family friendliness this here. This is true. Hey, this is true. I've know got. What's allowed on this podcast? He is a guest. He's allowed to know the rules. <laughs> yes. We are not G-rated at all. No. <laughs> no. Fuck that noise. No. PG. PG. Parental oh. guidance suggested. Uh, no, it's probably more like PG-13. I'll, I'll what, did Kevin, what did Kevin say the first time I was on here? It was a hard R. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're talking R. about Star Wars, so yes. we are allowed to use damn or hell at least two times and show yes. one dismemberment. Yes. And there we go. So okay. damn or hell, we are allowed to use. All right. <laughs> so. And now I'm going to cut Mike's arm off, and then we're done. Okay. But apparently he's my dad, and I still love him. It's weird. I don't get it. Um, Mike, I am your father. No. <laughs> Actually, that wouldn't be too bad. Uh, that would be interesting. Your talk about comics all day. <laughs> your race would change, I'm too. half black. This is the best day ever. <laughs> that was funny. Oh. So, so we get... <laughs> the other theory. So he's off. He's he's in hiding. He's in hibernation. Whatever it is that he's doing, he's preparing. Kylo Ren shows up with his First Order troopers and is just obliterating people. He takes on Finn, our main character, new Black Jedi, which is awesome. Takes Luke on Skywalker. Finn. <laughs> takes on Finn, chops off Finn's hand. Finn's screwed. What are we going to do? Who shows up with his green lightsaber and his robot hand? None other than Master Jedi Luke Skywalker. Saves the day. Defeats Ren. Ren runs off with his tail between legs, takes the first order with him, picks Finn up, he's like, we're going to get your robot hand, and I'm going to teach you the ways of the Force. I hope, wow. it, I hope it's not that simplistic, I swear. I hope it's not. But you know what? The more I listen to you, and the more I uh, just, just twirl that around my brain, I'm like, wow, that is probably something that would happen. But wouldn't that be badass? Like, couldn't you just see? They hit Mark Hamill this whole time just for him to show up in the last act of the movie to be like, I'm the badass. You know like what? Like, he'll use Samuel L. Jackson's line. Maybe he'll have the purple lightsaber. I'm the badass, like, motherfucker. He'd be like, my, you see my lightsaber? Someone that says badass motherfucker on it. <laughs> he'll use that one. So you're, you're, you're Joan in for Quentin Tarantino to write a Star Wars movie. Quentin Tarantino directs episode eight. Yes. <laughs> I'm all over. I'm and then over. we got the Pulp Fiction music. <laughs> ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Dick Dale. There you go. There you go. Quentin Tarantino doesn't like that. We're going to have a dance like Uma Thurman. Princess Uma. <laughs> hey, check out the big brain on Lando. <laughs> you know what? I, I really, 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 truly hope that, you know, gosh, that makes perfect sense, yeah. honestly. And I hope the cinematography is really great because if the movie uh, plot is that yeah. straight through, I'm going to be like, yeah. oh, crap, I'm going to be a little bit upset. Well, with about this with J.J. Abrams, though, we can't expect this. If, if this is anything like Star, uh, the Star Trek that he did, uh-huh. it will be a shit ton of lens flares. That's good. 
So that's one thing that we can expect. Um, explosions <laughs> everywhere. No Michael Bay Star Wars. <laughs> everywhere. Well, no, here's here's the thing, and transforming. I've, I've been, uh, thank Death you for Stars. the sound effects, Megan. <laughs> I've actually been defending J.J. Uh, Abrams on this yeah. a little bit, but one thing that we did get in Star Trek was a massive continuity reboot. True. Yeah. yeah. There, there, there was a continuity in place, and it's not a bad continuity in the yep. least little bit, but J.J. Abrams and company, I won't just blame him all by himself, wiped the slate clean almost as if to say, I don't want to be bothered to learn 40 years of it. Let's Thank just you. start fresh. That's my biggest gripe with that. And I don't like it as a yep. result of that. Star Wars, on the other hand, doesn't feel like they're going to wipe the continuity clean. They they're going to keep it. And go forward from it. Yeah. You know, they kept the first six movies as canon. Yeah. And they're just, uh, you know, extrapolating from the last one, like you said, 30 years into the future. Which is so so we are not going to use the force to do. travel back in time and change well, that's things. That's too bad. I was looking forward <laughs> no. to that. And then literally have a line in the movie that says, oh, this is an alternate timeline, so everything that we do could be completely different. Like, he might as well, Spock might as well have looked at the camera and just extended his middle finger and said, F every single one of you Star Trek fans. That like, would it have was, been the best gift ever. Like, <laughs> just him slow motion. Oh, and then you had the Batman song, the na 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 the na 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 as you they mentioned earlier, this is Troy in slow this is motion, yeah. and he would have that little sound effect. I'd rather have the Batman in the background. The Cliff Clavin of <laughs> flashback comics. I did. I did use that. Um, I used that Batman sound effect when I did the uh, podcast for uh, the Baltimore Comic Con. Anytime you you Troy went from an interview to from one interview to the next, instead of introducing myself, he's gonna be like, "All right, now Troy's gonna interview this person." It just goes, -da 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 -da, just goes right into the next interview. So. Oh, that is fantastic! I won't tell so you. So if you guys haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to uh, episode one I, of uh, season I, I sixteen. Will have to do, I got to do something with my iTunes account. I am like, I don't even remember my password. I will. You know what? I will do because I'm not only the uh, the the co-host of this. Right, right. I am also the editor. I, feel, I sound like the guy from the Rogan commercials. Not only am I the president, I'm also a client. <laughs> um, I will send you an MP3 of oh. episode one of season of, of season sixteen, episode one, and I'll send you the MP3 for all the rest of these too. Uh, that would be awesome. And incidentally, uh, for anyone out there who's listening and interested, uh, Mike does not actually need you to use Rogan, and he does not. So no, I don't. No, this luscious hair, all mine. You know, onto the back to the Star Trek though. Um, Star heard, Trek. Star Trek. Yeah. Okay. Star Trek. Okay. Star Trek. Yeah. We, yeah we, because yeah. you were talking about how J.J. Uh, Abrams said, you know, well, how you wished, Megan, uh, Spock would have said "f you" to everyone on the screen. Yeah. But me personally, yeah, I kind of like the way that he did it because yeah. he was making the movie for a newer generation. A lot of yeah. people who saw those films did not know the history. I mean, we're talking about what, uh, what, well. 50 years of Star Trek history? Yes. And including, like, I don't well, know be how 50, many next year will be the Next year will be 50. Well, okay, let's just call it then uh, 45 years. And I don't yeah. know how many feature films that people don't nine really feel the need. Yeah. Nine feature films? Wow. They don't really feel the need or the desire to go back and watch them all. So well, he was reintroducing everything. But he just flipped it. There, there's something to consider here. <clears throat> Between the final episode of the original series and the first feature film, we went from basically... 1969 to 1980. Yeah. When we did that, we did not reboot it. From Im imagine now the next generation, the next generation generation. Yeah. The people introduced to Star Trek to the next generation. 88 or 89. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's even you know that's even farther away from Make 1969. It so. Number one. And again, we don't reboot it. It's like, this is part of that story. It's just farther in the future. Yeah. What that, that means two things. One, we do get to break new ground because we're going forward and we're telling new stories. But if it happened before, we need to remember our history. Yeah. And learn the details. I know that's a big thing for you. Oh, I it know is. That's it's a huge. To give, a, uh, to give a cheap plug to, uh, to my website, uh, again, www.greatgeekrefuge.com. Um, I did an article about this. Uh, if you look under uh, Frank Landau's home movies, I talk about, I do a review of Star Trek Into Darkness. 
and how as a Trekkie, I mean, I grew up with this. My dad loves Star Trek. My aunt loves Star Trek. So I got to watch the original episodes. I got to watch the original movies. And I watched the first Star Trek that J.J. Abrams did, and I liked it. It was good. I liked where it was going. It was a fresh start. I was okay with what they were going with until Into Darkness. And they were like, hey, remember that character that you've all heard about, Khan, and how cool he was? We're just going to throw his name in here just so that when he looks at the camera and he goes, my name is Khan, everybody will be shocked. Ooh, it's going to be a shocking moment. But they didn't give any of that history any credence whatsoever. All of this cast and crew had been together on the Enterprise for what, like a year, maybe two together? Tops. Khan just shows up. All of a sudden, we're supposed to think this guy's important. They've known him for 20 seconds, where in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, it had been a 20-year buildup for that. You can't just throw that in there and expect people to... You're a Trekkie, and I know you say you're a Trekkie, so you didn't like that. Yeah. But did you like the Tribbles? Um, I never liked the Tribbles. Fortunately, they never beat the triples to death. So, yeah, That's they true. were there. They were cute. They were fuzzy. And we didn't yeah. have to see them all the time. And they were far less annoying than Jar Jar Binks. This is I true. Mean, I mean, I will say this. When I watched the movie, I mean, I caught – well, I didn't catch everything you said. But yeah. I, I enjoyed it strictly from an action movie, adventure oh, movie. Oh, yeah. As, a, fan as an action standpoint. flick, it's great. Mm-hmm. And there's TNA in there because – Is there? Uh, yeah, because – what's her name? Um, Carol Marcus. Decides that she's going to uh, disarm that torpedo. Yeah. And obviously, in order to disarm a torpedo, you have to strip down to your bra and panties. Oh, you didn't know that. Well, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, because that was in the Hurt Locker, wasn't it? In order to disarm those bombs. Yeah, well, I, got, I got buddies in the Navy. You know, yeah, you got to That's the Navy. That's a different thing, man. All Inside information. I'm hey, a former Marine, but here's, I know buddies in the Navy. Here, here's the thing, Mike. <clears throat> um, and at the root... Any time that I, you know, and I go off on my little mini rants about, yeah. you know, respecting continuity, respect the history, respect who came before you. Here's yeah. the thing. You come on to a franchise as a producer, a writer, a director. Uh, you know, let's, let's say for a second, for the sake of argument, we were talking comic books. I, I'm a big fan of the Avengers, and I want to write the Avengers. Okay, stop and examine what I just said. I am a big fan of the Avengers, and I want to write them. What that does not mean is, oh, I hate everything I see and I need to rewrite it. Who you know, said wouldn't that? this be awesome because if we made this better? Yeah. If I was a fan, I would respect what I was a fan and J- of. And J.J. Abrams specifically stated that he's not a Star Trek fan, that he's a Star Wars fan. I've always been a Star Wars fan, through and through, is what he said when he took over the helm. That doesn't mean he's not a Star Trek fan. Now, here, now here's, here's the thing. But he also, as soon as they were like, and hey, guess what, J.J., we need a new d- director for Star Wars Episode Seven, he was like, see you later, and ran as fast as he possibly could to Disney, which did, is cool. Did he I can really, appreciate that. Did he really damage Star Trek, though? Well, here's no, the thing. No, he didn't. No. It, it, it's, it's a minor point, but yeah. I think it's, it, it's well, worth actually, mentioning. it goes to what you're saying about the comic books as well. If, you know, you are a big fan of the Avengers and you want to write the Avengers, yes. you said, you know, well, hey, don't change the Avengers, show respect to what you're doing, where I say, you know, he's showing respect to it because he's basically taking the old stories and just changing them. He's not really doing anything that well, is damaging the story. He's just presenting it to you in a different way. For example, and I was, this is the point I was going to bring up. Point, my first minor point. In every example of Star Trek, in every episode that time travel is ever involved, at the end of the episode, the end of the adventure, the end of the situation, the scenario, however you want to say it, we return to where we were. Yeah, that's every single fracking time. That's an episode, though. Not sitting a movie. on the edge, or you know, yeah. it, it, the, or the feature films, or the, Star Trek Four, the Voyage yeah. Home, you know, first, first Contact. We yeah. always come back to where we were and then go forward. Abrams is the first Star Trek anything that is in an alternate timeline and never going back. You know, you got to think about it like this, though, just from the standpoint of what happened with the franchise. They got to a point where after Star Trek Nemesis, that was such a turd, they had to do something. Well, and see, here, here are some options. I'm just going to toss these out here, just you know, sort of ideas. Much like Next Generation, because Next Generation didn't go back to Kirk Spock era Star Trek. They went forward. Yeah. Forward and always looking forward. So at the end of Nemesis, all right, what have we got at the end of Nemesis? We have... The possibility of a peace accord with the Romulans. Star Trek is predicated on reaching out across the galaxy and making friends out of enemies. That's why Lieutenant Commander Worf is on the bridge of the frickin' Enterprise. Yep. We're not fighting the Klingons anymore. We've made peace with the Klingons. And one of them is on the bridge of our flagship starship. This is great. 
So now the Romulans come in to help fight Nero with the Enterprise. We're seeing friendship with the Romulans that up to this point have been our enemies. Yeah. We're building bridges and shaking hands. Yeah. And that's what the franchise is about. We can always find new enemies. You know, we could go back to the Zindi or the, the Dominion. Or the or Borg could the, show up. The yeah. Borg could show up again. Yeah. There are plenty of other enemies. Let's start reaching out to the Romulans and making that peace. Here's another point from Nemesis. We start the show. We start the movie. I always say show. We start the movie with what? A celebration of Commander Riker taking command of the starship Titan. How about a Star Trek in, movie yeah. that focuses on a starship other than the Enterprise for a freaking change? Because who, what, what average fan, mind you, I'm not a Trekkie. Yeah. I sure, sure. like Star Trek, and I love the movies, but who, okay, me, this guy right here sitting right here, if he's not a Trekkie, who is going to see a movie based upon the uh, USS Titan? No one. You have Actually, to sell what sells? You have to sell the freaking Enterprise. This, this, is, this, is why they have, well, this is why those fans would care about the Titan. Because Commander Riker is now Captain Riker from the Enterprise. Yeah. And we're invested in his character. That may sell, but no, no production <clears throat> studio is going to put you know, millions of dollars into that and sell. I hear what you're saying. Right, right. And that works well if you're doing a te- television and, and here's, series or something like that. But and here's, here's, here's proof of the pudding. We actually did have successful shows out of both DS9 and, and Voyager. Voyager. Television yeah. shows, but not movies. We hadn't tried movies, but the test water, you know, before the Star Trek film, there was the movie. I'm sorry, before, yeah, before the film, there was the show. Before First Contact, there was Next Generation. The show precedes the movies. The show paves the way for the movies. Yeah, but if it didn't get enough viewership in order to warrant getting the movie in the first place and it probably wouldn't work again to that yeah, same extent. Well, the same, see, in the no, same vein, could, though, think of like Firefly. The the uh, ratings were not good for Firefly. And, and here's off early. And, 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 to compare, and to compare apples to apples, here's your proof of the pudding. Star Trek, the original series, lasted three seasons, four if you include the animated series from the 70s, and then nothing but fan base until 1980. Yep. And then they made a movie. So from 1969... I'll skip the cartoon for yeah. this. Here it is, 1980. That was 80, Troy. And But it was... my point is, from 69 to 80, somebody cared enough to make a movie and pumped a lot of money into it. Yeah, but that was just 11 years after, and you know, you got to think about it. In the 80s, or, or 1980, it was a lot less expensive, well, 80s money, to produce, market, and whatnot, a uh, major motion picture like that. And if I, you think about Star Trek, the motion picture, uh-huh. I'm sorry, it kind of stunk. Oh, well, sure. But it made enough money, and with some revisions, they yeah. made Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, which, is which was much, much better. the best Star Trek movie Can that's I ever been that made. line, please? <laughs> which line? The line. Okay, never mind. Deep breath. I, no, deep I, breath. I, I, my, my throat's hurt. I'm trying <clears> to get, <throat> get into it. I'm even going to set myself up for it. I will leave you as you left her, Kirk. <laughs> You gotta shake your head like you're angry, like you're having a Marooned on a dead planet. Buried alive. Con! See, you can't do it really loud. But. Thank you. Yes, Thank you. yes. Well, we don't want to get kicked out of the restaurant. But, if we were uh, going to get kicked out, it would have happened already. They're, they're working up the courage. Oh, they've been working up the courage for three. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, hey. You guys have had some management turnover. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a loud bitch. If they wanted me out, they would have told me already. Like, <laughs> I thought we were PG. Megan, there has been some news that I know you're excited about. Miss J.K. Rowling has announced. Oh, that that, I, we talked about that episodes ago. The play is coming out. Not um, the play. What are you I'm talking, talking about, about the next book. Who's J.K. Rowling? J.K. Rowling, for the uninitiated. Is the writer of the Harry Potter series. Oh, that J.K. Rowling. Yes. That one, yes. Yes. She has announced that she is doing another Harry Potter book. <laughs> I can't believe I'm scooping you on this. You haven't heard this? Well, what are you talking about? She's, <laughs> she's eating french fries. She doesn't, give a, she doesn't give a shit one way or the other. Tell me somebody else has heard this. J.K. Rowling is doing another Harry Potter book. Well, she's it always is going working to be, on stuff, though. It is going to be, but this is the first next Harry Potter book that she's done. Did this just come out in the last week? Uh, yes. I haven't heard it. Uh, it is going to be about Harry's son, the next heir to the wizarding 
throne or whatever. The, that, no, that's the plot line for the play. She's not doing another book. I would like literally all the news I've seen about her. They're doing a play, and it's called um, a something child. It's like lost child or something like Dark that. Dark child or something. Dark, like yeah, that, yeah, it's a play. It is not a book. There is going to be a book. I read this. You didn't know what about was the it. Source? Making, I, I, it's on the internet, and you, if it's on the internet, you have to trust it. Well, <laughs> everything you see on the internet I've seen is it. true. On the internet. I don't know. It... Mm. Oh, would you look at that? The internet oh, proves me right. What's the source, though? It, it would be www.mikewasrightaboutthenexthharrypotterbook.com. <laughs> would you please listen to her? <laughs> oh, see, there you go. Okay. So, so you're both so right. We've talked about this for about a month and a half now. Okay. You know, I got to tell you, talk about Harry Potter, the last movie. I mean, I. Undercover, I love the Harry Potter movies. Undercover? I mean, yeah, Undercover, because, come on, I'm I'm not going to say what I was saying earlier, but I makes, shouldn't like those movies, but I do. And, if uh, it makes you feel better, you're yes. more than a, more than able to. Yeah, you should be able to. Spit my it dad, out. Ugh, my dad forced me to go to every single Twilight movie because he loved Twilight and didn't want to go by wow, himself. Wow, that's a <laughs> father of the year right there. Um, but, you know, I... It, Okay, the last scenes in that movie, when the kids and the adults, I should say the adults who used to be kids, were in makeup. Horrible. Just horrible oh, makeup. No, that I'm was actually, saying. like, the worst thing. That was a, probably the only really bad thing I've seen in the films, though. That makeup. It was, it was not good. I, well, mean, I mean, they, they didn't they look didn't older look at all. older, and it made them look sick. True. Like, Hermione Granger is pretty. Like, I know she wasn't supposed to be pretty in the books, but come on. Like, it looked like she had, like... Black eyes going on under, like, it looked like she was punched in the face, but it was just, That's like, That's what the English think away. older people look. That's what <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> You're not English. <laughs> no, I'm probably more like 40, 30%. You're from Virginia. Well, Megan, I do apologize. I thought I had some new Harry Potter news, but oh, I did no, not. Oh, no, you're fine. So. I was excited about this because my son is now starting to get into reading a lot, and he wants to read the Harry Potter books. And oh, I was yeah. like, yeah, hey, look at this. There's a new one that's going to be coming out here soon. So I thought that was pretty exciting. How, how, how I'm still recording it because I know it's going through London. I think there was an announcement this week, though. I think it is going to be traveling in the United States, but I don't know if this, I, I don't know for sure, so don't quote me. But I thought that was what the announcement was that came out this okay. week. Okay. And then I saw that eighth book thing, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. So yeah. there, She has other books that are coming out. That are supposed to be relevant to, but she hadn't put out a schedule and what exactly was being written. But she said she wasn't going to write any more about Harry Potter. Yeah, from what from what I was seeing, though, I guess this is going to be about his son. So I guess yeah. that's what the next thing is going to be. Um, may I? Please may I say ahead. something else about Star Wars? Of course, you're you, a guest. Uh, you uh, asked asked about the uh, temperature for everybody who uh, you know was anticipating the movie. Yeah. Myself, I would say this. I mean, you know, when the movie was announced last year, yeah. Uh, I recall just getting a warm fuzzy feeling and just just anticipating the uh geek storm as it came out. And when I saw the first preview, the full preview last Monday night, I mean, even I was like, "Oh my god." You yeah. know, I was like, I was really excited about that." Yeah. And uh I can't imagine in this world, of this Star Wars world, there being a movie not coming out at least every five or ten years. I just can't because they're so epic and they're so mythological. I'm sorry, myth- mythological? Myth- mythological. Mythological, thank you. And they're just awesome. And I just can't imagine there being a world without Star Wars movies every five or ten years. And they can keep this thing going, just like James Bond as far as I'm concerned. Go ahead, but, but really, though, how much more of the story can they tell? As much as they wished, because it's a open world. Sure, it's an open world, but to, to draw the parallel, James Obar, the, the creator of The Crow, when we, we hosted uh, one of his panels, somebody asked him, what's next for, you know, for, for these two kids from The Crow? Because absolutely nothing. That story's been told. That's it. There's nothing else to tell. But in well, I will say in comparison, that's The Crow. This is Star Wars. You have so much to draw from, and so many fans who will remain, as Troy stated, true to the uh, canon of the original work. That you can go places with this thing. Bear and in mind, there's so much. I mean, good and evil would never. That uh, versus will never go away. Good versus evil, never. Yeah, bear in mind too, the Crow was a very specific story about Eric Draven, and it 
it came to a close. It, it went through the cycle and it came to a close. Star Wars <clears throat> is, by and large, a world. And that world has characters in it. Some of them die. Admiral Tarkin, Ben Kenobi. Some of them are born into the world. Luke Skywalker. Some were there when we got started and they just keep going. Han Solo, Lando Calrissian. The point being that as long as somebody wants to tell a Star Wars story, they can the same way that we have had Superman for 75 years. Yeah. And There's a thing, and I, I think it's important to, to point this out. We're all fans of different things, different franchises and, and different executions of those franchises. It is possible to sustain a character, if not a specific conflict, a character indefinitely. Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman have demonstrated that for seven and a half decades. Spider-Man has been with us for more than 50, 60 years, the Fantastic Four until very recently, and so on. So if you want, you could bring your story to a close. Neil Gaiman, Sandman, uh, Dave Sims, Cerebus. If you don't want, you pass it on to the next writer, and that would be... You know, Spider-Man, who's changed writers many several times. Yep. <clears throat> but, yeah, we could have Star Wars forever. We could have Star Trek forever. You know, Star Trek, the next, next, next generation. <laughs> I will say. You know, game. Star Wars episode 75. Hey, I'm, I'm yeah. there. I'm lined up you for know, it. Yeah. I'll still be alive. We'll be cloning by then. I'm, I'm thinking like, oh, like mm. uh, Futurama. I'll just be like a head in a jar. <laughs> oh, Somebody can just take me to go see the movie. So. <laughs> Lucy Lou's head in the jar. The Lu- oh God! <laughs> Mike on the mic in the jar. There you go. You know, you know. Hey, honestly, hey, though, honestly as, though, as soon as it becomes possible, I would like you to take my head and attach it to a giant robot because I will go on a rampage. As in Johnny, oh, so- like, as in Johnny like, Sacco, uh, like Nixon, like Nixon, like Nixon. <laughs> you'll be robot Nixon. No. Oh, I, I was thinking Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. No, there will not be some twelve-year-old kid controlling <laughs> me from a wristwatch. That is going, not happening. <laughs> going back to your point, Troy. Yes, ma'am. I actually think that one of the best ways of seeing. Well, the easiest way to see how this could go on forever. Fan fiction. Let's be real. There's so much fan fiction online for literally every fan thing yep. ever. And we did there a podcast. Well, we fan, did a podcast once about, um, on GGR about fan theories and how some of the fan theories that are out there for various franchises are better than the original yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, for instance, James Bond. One of the things that they did with James Bond that's a fan fiction thing that blew my mind is that James Bond is not a man. James Bond is a code name. 007 James Bond. It's, it's a code name, and that's why you see different agents, different people, different personalities playing this series through how long has Bond been around? 50 years now? Uh, at yeah. Longer, actually. I, I think Since Ian the 60s? Fleming, I think Ian Fleming published the first book in the 50s. Yeah. So Late this, 50s. They're saying that Jan, and the reason why it has longevity is because the mantle gets passed to another person who becomes James Bond, which they also well, tie in with the movie The Rock. Well, they sure. They that uh, Alex Mason, Sean Connery's character, was a retired James Bond who got caught. And MI6 disavowed him. That just uh, sounds. That sounds incredible. I know, right well, but not, let, let me let me let me put the rumination to that. Okay. For someone who's read at least the majority of the the novel series, Ian Fleming's character, have Troy the Boy, very Cold War James Bond, is the same human that John Gardner wrote in the successive novels. Okay. It's not a different person. It's the mantle of 007 can be passed on when Bond is dead. There, there's been more than one 004. There's been more than one 009. 006, Alex Trevelyan. 007 yeah. is luckier than most, and he's still with us. But John Gardner took Ian Fleming's character, and while he repainted him into a much more modern sensibility, the same guy with the same scar who did all that stuff with Spectre and the Russian spy organization and M and Q and, and Moneypenny, it's the same guy. Okay, can I, can I, oh, go ahead, Megan, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say, you you weren't saying it as a, this is a fact. You're saying this is a fan theory that we're Right, right, it's, it, it's a fan theory, and right. I, I was, the, the reason that I, I took that the position that I did was, if, in, if that fan yeah. were unaware of the officialness of it, yeah. you know, they, they've taken a fan theory, hey, here's my theory, okay, well, your theory is incorrect, and this is why, because Ian Fleming the creator, his estate 
blessed John Gardner to write canon. I see what you're saying. And so yeah. he did. And after John Gardner got out, the next author after him was blessed by the Fleming estate to write canon. Similar to what they did <clears> with um, Star Wars and getting rid of all of the extended universe. Right, right. Disney now has control over what... To, because, what, well, what George, yeah, George Lucas gave people all sorts of canon to do anything, but George Lucas would also be one of the first people to produce a movie and crush their book out yeah. because his canon made their canon impossible. Yeah. You know, um, two things, uh, if I may. Uh, yes, first of all, to Star Wars, um, we were talking about the extended uh, movies and me saying that you know, f- every five or ten years, you know, it would be great to have a Star Wars out there. We forget that it's Disney running this thing, and they uh-huh. are in the business of making money. And as long as people line up uh, for the first three or four nights to watch a Star Wars movie, then it's going to be movies created. Secondly, I love that idea of the, um, well, it was fan fiction. Yeah. But I thought about it as you were talking, and it would be really great, and that would be an awesome way to explain all of the 007s from, you know, since the 60s. Sean Connery, uh, and I don't remember the other guy's name. Roger Moore. Ro- Roger, Roger Moore, Moore. but it was a couple Lassenby. of them. Sean, Conner- Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Sean Connery, Who remembers Roger George Moore. Lassenby. There are nine of them. Timothy Dalton. Uh, Timothy Dalton, uh, um, uh, Remington Steele, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and la- then lastly, and, then, and then that will clear the way. And you know, this is a very controversial issue for some people. For some reason, it will clear the way for new 007s. That could be your ace as far as the uh, you know uh, well, British Secret Service, uh, Idris Elba. You know, I'm, everybody I'm was not, talking about him, whatever right, yeah. the case may I'm, be. I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with with any of what you said. You know, to kind of dovetail onto that, you know, offer another perspective, if you will. When Sean Connery left the role and George Lazenby replaced him, we simply accepted that a new actor had been cast into the role of the character. And I think fans, movie-going fans, and I'm I'm among them, we have to accept that an actor doesn't necessarily want to play the same part over and over and over again into perpetuity. Yes, William Shatner was Captain Kirk until he wasn't anymore. That was a really long time. Leonard Nimoy played Spock until he was dead practically. Yeah. But that's not going to be every actor. There's going to be an actor, you know, he plays a part and he liked it and it was good, but he wants to move on. He wants to star in other things, do other things. Which we're seeing with a lot of our Marvel guys, too. Like, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, at some point, these guys will want to stretch their wings and act in other roles, or they'll simply become too old to play the yes. parts to look appropriate. Brent Spiner, segueing back to Star Trek a little bit, Brent Spiner actually said that he couldn't be Data forever. Data is timeless and ageless, but he is not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, go. Okay, <laughs> I will go. Also, I, I heard another uh, or read another fan fiction um, idea about James Bond. Yeah. Where the James Bond 007 was actually an adopted child, and the British Secret Services took him. Raised him up, trained him, and did everything they could, and then anointed him, anointed him with the 007 moniker uh, once he came of age. And that would also explain all of the other 007s away. And it makes great sense to me, but, you know, I don't think that... They just got, like, a stockpile of, yeah, like, pretty, orphans. Yeah, pretty much. You know, you grab one and, like... British orphans, years? anyways. Like, you got Peter Pan. And I've got... You got James Bond now. Like, British British orphans are badasses. Hey, absolutely. Go grab one Magical, wanna... Magical... Pixies that can fly to Neverland. And the, the mean streets of Soho. <laughs> That's, it, it, it produces badasses. I mean, it, it, it does. Megan, you've, you've had your finger on your nose. Your thought button. You got. What have you been thinking about? Well, I was going to add on to Troy's last point. We've actually had this conversation in the shop before, and one of the things that I think that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to actors is, yeah, they might have a role that they really like, but one of the things about acting is the opportunity to explore different parts of your personality and looking at different types of situations constantly. So you don't want to stay in the same thing 24-7 because you want to learn a different thing. You want to express a different part of not necessarily your personality, but your range, what you can do. So well, Yeah, and, and going along with that, <clears throat> let's, let's, let's be honest. These, these roles, these characters, you know, if... You approach an actor, Pierce Brosnan. It's like, hey, do you want to be James Bond? Oh, I'd love to be James Bond. Okay, Pierce. Now, before you get all Heath Ledger, this is Bond. Oh, my God. And you have to stick with this. 
before you oh, get off. See, a lot of actors don't like that. Well, and no, not necessarily. They wouldn't necessarily. I would agree. But then there are some actors who are perfectly fine with the structure and working within the framework because they want to get into the head of that character, but they don't want to do that into perpetuity, like you said. Yeah. Um, if you know, I, I approach an actor and say, "Hey, you're going to be Captain America," uh, but you can't play Captain America this way. You can't do this. This isn't going to happen. That's not going to happen. No, you can't change the costume. You do have to fight Nazis. Uh, you know, th- these are your views. These are your opinions. And this is what your character does because it's not your character. This is Jack Kirby and Joe Simon's character. Hey. This is what they have established. This is the role that you will play. And some of the best actors, and I've said this more than once, some of the best actors show up for work, stand where they're told to stand, say what they're told to say, and they br- and what comes out of them, the, the director tells them, hey, in this scene you're angry. So they're angry because they were told to be angry. And in this scene you're reconnecting with your childhood love and you miss her very much. And so they give that on-screen chemistry because that's what they were told to do. So some of the best actors reply to what the director is trying to bring out of them instead of, but I don't want to reconnect with my lost love. I want to be angry about her coming back. That's not what you were told to do. That's not what the scene is. Stick with the structure. Well, I think that's part of why, like, I think no matter how much control a actor has over the, over how they act out their character, that's what the read-throughs are for. So directors, in theory, are always supposed to have some type of control like that. And that's actually an even better part about, expo- at least in my experience, in exploring a character in theater. is because you're actually not only, when you have more specific stuff, then you have to, more, you have to read more in-depth into why they're doing something, which makes you act more clearly as that character and perceive it better for your audience. Sure. I mean, uh, now, but at that point, too, we're also talking some degree of methodology. Oh, yeah. And there no, are lots of different, different. <clears throat> there are lots of different methodologies to acting, directing, etc. You know, yeah. it, if, if I if I hand you a if, if I hand you a script and uh, tell you that you're going to play this bombshell heroine, she's very take charge, you know, but roll your sleeves up and prepare to punch somebody in the face. There's going to be a time for you to be tender. There's going to be a time for you to be tough. But you're always independent and capable and canny. You're going to take that. You're going to explore everything that I just said, which is actually very nebulous. I haven't given you any real straight on specifics. Yeah. That's very different from me going, here's Wonder Woman. Play that part. And now you're locked in to William Moulton Marston's Wonder Woman because this is the part that I've given you. I haven't given you nebulousness. I haven't given you room to bring in your own interpretation. You don't get to reinterpret Wonder Woman, the director says. This is what the story is about. This is who the story is about. So regardless of the methodology, I mean, how do you get into your character? How do you method act her? Eh, whatever you want. But this is the personality matrix you're stuck with. Yeah. You you can't make Wonder Woman, you know, whatever. If it deviates from her character, you can't do that. This is the character. Troy, yes. I, 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 just real quick. Um, yes, yes. Two, uh, one, I think uh, Daniel Craig was able to do that with James Bond when he started doing James Bond. And two, I think every actor brings a different uh, sachet to the character. I mean, think about it. Iron Man, you know, Robert Downey Jr., uh-huh. it hadn't been done before. And now I can't look at an Iron Man book and not think of Robert Downey Jr. I, it's impossible. Well, so I think every actor if, brings if you, his own thing to it. To, to be fair. Even if they are given a uh, cookie-cutter you know, sheet to just, you know, go into. And well, the thing is, Robert Downey Jr. was a perfect cast for Iron Man no, because he got better. the character. He yeah. understood the yeah, foibles. Stark, like, his life was Tony Stark's life, basically. And, and that's the thing. True. I, I, I hand Robert Downey Jr. a character, and I don't have to tell him stay in the lines because he already can. He already does. The best Iron Man stories, and I mean going way back, <clears throat> Yeah, come on, come on. Let's go back, Angelo. Right, as as much as we as much as I would love to do that, we are limited on time, guys. Yes, we are. So we got a couple more minutes here. Let's go ahead and wrap things up here. Uh, we talked about our excitement for this. Let's talk about real quick, just around the table. 
what else are you guys excited about? What's coming up on the horizon? What, be it comic book, what, be it book, movie, TV show, whatever it is. Give me something you're excited about. Well, I understand that somebody put webcams in your house and has taken nude photos of you showering, and that's going up on the Internet tonight. That was just for you. <laughs> we talked about this. <laughs> but thank you for blowing up my spot. <laughs> that's going to be www.mikesnudes.com. Uh, <laughs> Guys, no, in, in all seriousness, uh, I am uh, obviously I'm always very comic excited. I'm very excited for what's coming in this week. You yeah. know, the, the Marvel number one releases, uh, the upcoming Secret Wars number seven. But uh, also, I'm excited to. We had the flashback reading discussion group last night. Yeah, uh, and so we did a very Halloween themed group. Uh, I usually spend Halloween at home uh, with my family and uh, watching classic Universal movie monsters like Frankenstein, Dracula, the Creature from the Black Lagoon, the Wolfman. I love the old black and white Universals, Um, and I I feel like they they, they act more than rely on gratuitousness. Okay. Um, So that's my Halloween. Excuse me. That's my Halloween tradition. I'm looking forward to that. But um, I've also been told that the movie Crimson Peaks is really incredible. Oh, the is one already with, open? Um, with uh, Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, okay. yeah, uh, it is. It, out, it yeah. is. It is out now. And yeah, I've heard. I've heard um, mixed reviews, but yeah, I've, uh, a lot of people I know have seen it. And Supergirl, I need. I watched to it see last that. night, uh, it, and I'm excited to see it. It is. I did an article about it. It's on GGR, so check out GGR when you get a chance. Under our Geek Sheets uh, articles that we write, I give a quick review on it. Don't give any spoilers away. But I'm definitely excited about this one. Megan, what you got? I'm boring, but I'm also looking forward to Supergirl. I have not watched it yet. This um, is good, though. Again, yeah. yeah, check out the article. It gives you a quick, a quick preview without spoiling any of the uh, the good stuff. And I got to say, the girl who plays uh, Supergirl, Melissa Benoist, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say perfect, but she was one of the highlights of the episode. Like, she's what she brings to the table was, was fantastic. And she's, like, she's totes adorbs. Like, she's <laughs> so freaking cute. Like, you, I just want to just be, like, grab her cheeks and just be like, look at you. You're adorable. Oh, my God. Well, I will be watching that, yes. and then um, I'll, I'll probably do Hocus Pocus and watching Vincent Price and Mad Magician and other stuff like that oh, for Halloween. Oh, Vincent Price. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Angelo. Angelo. Well, got, man? I am looking forward to uh, 007, the new 007 movie, oh, Spectre. Spectre. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to Star Wars, not Trek. Uh, and uh, let me see here. The new releases for Marvel. Um, I'm... Just, just looking forward to all of them coming out, and I'm decided to take Troy's advice. I'm going to buy all of the number ones and see what I like best. Although I already know what I want to like, and uh, I remembered Supergirl last night. I wasn't home last night, yeah, and I wasn't able to set my DVR, but I'm going to catch it on demand uh, either tonight or tomorrow night. You can che- you can check it out on CBS uh, online. Okay, CBS.com will will show it to you for and free. And then I'm going to see what I can see, and uh, if I like it. Great. If not, then I'm going to, you know, Rant. cuss everybody out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I've already, I've already spoiled mine. I told it at the beginning of the podcast. That was Star Wars. I'm, I'm so geeked up about this one. Um, but that is going to do it for us tonight, guys. For Comics Online. Uh, for GGR. Yeah, for GGR. For Troy. For Megan. For Angelo. For the Bungalow Ale House. And let's not forget Mark. Mark, our great and fabulous producer, as always. Thank you so much, Mark. But I've, I've wanted to do this. I haven't gotten to do it on the podcast. I get to do it on the, uh, the outros. For everything geek pop culture, this is Comics Online. Bitches. <laughs>so that was uh, episode 5 of uh, season 16 of the Comics Online podcast uh, we did that one without our fearless leader uh, Kevin Goswan. Um he was tied up, he had some things going on as we all do in our adult worlds uh, we've got stuff that just keeps us busy unfortunately from doing the things that we really want to do um, but as uh, Kevin and I had discussed it was kind of a uh, Joan Rivers uh, Johnny Carson setup. I was Joan Rivers, I got to fill in for him um, you know, except for without the awesome fashion sense and the uh, lots and lots and like massive amounts of uh, plastic surgery. So uh, I got that going for me. No plastic surgery, no fashion sense. So there's that. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I make myself laugh sometimes. Uh, I guess I'm the only one that's laughing at this horrible joke. But um, definitely want to let you guys know. Uh, check out Comics Online. Um, it's everything geek pop culture. It's the place to go. www.comicsonline.com. They've got podcasts. They've got a little bit of everything uh, for your taste, your palate of the geekiness and the nerdiness and pop culture. All of that stuff. 
it's all right there for you, but also to to fill in the gaps. You've got GGR, which is the Great Geek Refuge. You need a place to go where you can talk about these sorts of things, about comic books, about movies, about video games, about sports, all those things that you're geeky about. you got GGR. That's what we're there for. And that is www.greatgeekrefuge.com. We've got podcast two, Mike on the Mic, which is my solo joint. Um, we've also got Pirate Radio, which is me and uh, the co-founder of GGR, uh, Steve Monick. We work together on that when we get a chance. Um, we're both busy guys. Yeah, it, it, it happens. Giant boobs, swag. Disclaimer: swag. The opinions expressed in this podcast may Giant not represent boobs, those of Comics swag, Online, swag. any participants, or any employers, past, present, or future. Swag, if you would have thought otherwise, without hearing this disclaimer, maybe Giant you're not ready swag, for the internet. Much less our uh, awesome conversation that we had about Star Wars and Star Trek, and uh, Troy's obsession with his milkshake. Or maybe instead you're one of our smart and sexy fans who appreciate foul language, fighting sarcasm, and everything geek pop culture. If you have comments or questions for the Comics Online podcasters, Giant post on our Facebook page, tweet us on Twitter, or email us at podcast at comicsonline.com. Same goes for GGR. You can go right on the website, right on the Facebook page, message us directly, or you can always uh, message me. My name, again, Mike Lunsford. Please visit Troy David on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and in person at Flashback swag. Comics and Games. All material in this podcast is copyrighted Giant by Comics Online. Swag. Swag. Even giant or boobs, swag. Giant or boobs, swag a thousand times. Swag a thousand times. Swag a thousand times over. Even giant or boobs, swag. 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 Swag a thousand times over. Giant boobs, swag a thousand times over. Giant boobs, swag, swag, swag a thousand times over. From the guitar builders to going off like Gamma Bombs, switch your internet browser to comicsonline.com.